What is not written is not said. What is not written remains undone. Some things can be risked leaving to memory and others simply must be noted. These are referred to as noteworthy things. When you encounter the noteworthy that is backed by and based on the word of God, you have met the noteworthy. Welcome to the noteworthy with Teddy Podcast, brought to you by Reverend Teddy A. Jones. Get your mind in gear and your willpower engaged. The revolution begins now. Here is today's episode. Shalom Alekim. I want us to tarry a bit on the idea of resolving our crisis of faith in times of crisis. The book of Psalms, or the Song of David, contains many prayers expressing the joys and the difficulties of life. While some of the Psalms are expressions of exaltation, and others are pleas for deliverance from evil influences, the majority are responses to situations that present difficulties for the psalmist. In Psalm 12, he cries out in anguish about the wickedness that is rampant in the land. In his cry, the psalmist uses the concept of schemes to express the idea that the wicked have devised plans and purposes against good people. Although this psalm does not focus on the personal crisis of the psalmist, it is easy to see how these words could be applied in a personal situation. From a personal perspective, there are times when life presents a situation that causes great anxiety or distress. The Bible portrays Jesus Christ as one person who experienced a crisis in his life that profoundly affected his spirit. In the desert, he faced the temptations of Satan and experienced a kind of spiritual collapse. He was then subject to intense doubt regarding his future and his purpose on earth. Doubt during Christ's ministry can be interpreted in two ways, literal or metaphorical. Although Christ never doubted his mission from God, he did experience a period of questioning as to his true mission by society and perhaps more importantly, to his own self-identity. Jesus was approached by Satan while alone in prayer. Matthew 4 verses 1 to 11. The word Satan means adversary. This scripture tells us that the devil was an adversary to the cause of Christ. Do not miss the location of this challenge. During prior, no less, even in the space of our best effort to focus away from the material world, we are susceptible to an onslaught from our chief enemy. The devil posed three temptations to Jesus, which in essence were questions designed to distract him from his ultimate purpose. The first temptation 
posed a simple test. Jesus was asked to command the nearby stones to become bread to satiate his gnawing hunger after a 40 days fast. To show God that he was indeed the Son of God. Jesus was tempted with this in an attempt to distract him from his original mission on earth, which was to heal the sick and teach the people concerning the true nature of God. The sting of this temptation lay in its subtlety. It involved the meeting of a legitimate need by an illegitimate means. The second temptation, according to Matthew, which Luke records as the third in Luke chapter 4, was for Jesus to cast himself down from the highest point of the temple since his father promised to assign angels to protect him from danger. Now, the appeal here was to the ego, the part of humanity that likes to put on a show and wow the crowds. The drawing of humanity, however, was to be via the cross, not a magic show. The third temptation took the form of an alternative plan to achieve the same goal as the first temptation with a different approach. Satan offered Jesus authority over the kingdoms of the world if Jesus worshipped him as king. This temptation sought to undermine the truth that Jesus is the Son of God and that his purpose was to overthrow the world's system and establish the kingdom of God. The devil presented a challenge to Christ's character and questioned his identity by telling him to fall down and worship him and angels. A review of the text reveals that each of the temptations was presented with the purpose of distracting Jesus from his purpose and urging him to compromise his own character. In temptation one, for example, the consequences of the act fulfilled the purpose. Defeat the enemy and show that he is the son of God would temporarily satisfy his ego, but he would soon feel empty spiritually and will again question his purpose and be prone to be manipulated in order to prove his point. However, he was in a position to recognize that he was being tested, and although the immediate satisfaction would not last, it was not worth damaging his reputation or even possibly ending his life for that. You know, the Bible shows us the glaring example of Esau, who lost sight of the ultimate in his desire for the immediate. He sold his birthright for a pot of stew. It has been wisely said that those who lose sight of the ultimate become slaves to the immediate. It seems always so prudent, so expedient, and even morally excusable 
when we have legitimate needs, like bills to be paid and tuition fees to be cleared for final exams and a hungry family to feed, and we have an opportunity to make it all go away by doing something which is unethical, immoral, or even illegal. The end justifies the means, some argue. But let me ask you, does it really? If that is the case, why do we feel like we have cheapened ourselves after we have done it? Why do we engage in mental gymnastics long afterwards, attempting to appease our conscience? The beauty of this text is the value it holds for us in our struggles and our grappling with life's curved balls. I chose this text because it puts on display the value of the spiritual disciplines in combating our challenges. Jesus resisted each temptation, notice, with a direct quotation from Deuteronomy. I have a strong inkling that during those 40 days of fasting, he had spent much time meditating on that book's contents. Soldiers who come out on the other side of battle will tell us that the battle is lost or won during the training camps and drills. We prepare for crisis in advance by breathing deeply up there in the realm of the spirit in order to survive down here. It is also very clear from the example of Jesus that our values must be worked out and concretized in advance. When the pressure of choices hit us in the stomach, the wind may be knocked out of us. But even as we feel the pressure, our values must not be gone with the wind. Crisis reveals what's already in us. We are either up for sale to the highest bidder or we are fixated on our true north, the audience of one, God's glory. Thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast, Noteworthy with Teddy. This is Reverend Teddy A. Jones. You think about it, let's talk about it. I look forward to your questions and comments. Use the social media links provided here to connect with me. If it's noteworthy, then others need to hear. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends and family. See you on the next episode, DV. This podcast is made possible through the sponsorship of Avid Coaching Services. Avid Coaching Services, helping you to become all that you can and should be. Helping you to make that vertical leap from mediocrity to legacy. 
check out Avid Coaching Services at www.teddyajones.com forward slash coaching. That's www.teddyajones.com forward slash coaching.